1: Mackie and Judd, it's prop bets time as I turn my button on here. Um, switch seats. Hey, uh, do me a favor because I've got a couple tweets about this. Ex- explain explain your role right now because okay. I, I think there's a perception <laughs> that you're like on the outs now because you're, you're not on the show for yeah. hours a day. So ex- I tried to tweet back what, what your role is, but I think it would help just to explain it. So
2: in short, I'm the acting program director right now, and there's just a lot of things to do. Yeah program directors have a lot of things to people, do. I, and think people think told, right <laughs> I think people think you are told,
1: I think people think you are told to come in from like nine to 10, one day and then no. come in at 11 the next day. <laughs> so there's <laughs> a, there's a perception. I think that uh, we can certainly straighten out.
2: Yeah. I think it's going to be a little choppy. So I don't know. I guess we could just, we're going to get to prop bets here at some point. It's, Fun yeah, I just want. Show. I sure. just want to be as transparent as possible. No, for we sure. Told people, we would. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird time right now for fifteen hundred ESPN, and for those of you who are just sort of ducking in the middle of the week, and like, why is our show? Why are, Why is Judd on? And like, uh, I'm only on for an and hour. And Collars here. on right. and Myron's on. Yeah. Um. So I am the acting, the acting program director right now, uh, with all the changes that happened on Friday last week, and so it's really hard to have fun with you guys for four hours a day, and also like. Just right. sort of dig out from uh, from the workload of so not not to like bore everybody, but we will definitely continue doing our show. Whether I'm a part of it for four hours or one hour, you're going to be here, and in all of our contributors, we're going to keep doing our show. Uh, we will have some things to announce about our show after the state fair and after September seventh, and we will have even more things to announce at some point about what we're doing from a sports content standpoint with. 1500 ESPN with our digital platforms. And I wish I could sit here and say, all right, here's like I, everything we're doing, here we go. But um, there's still just things being discussed. And yeah, it's right, right now it's kind of also about Garage Logic and transitioning to a podcast. And I know Joe's excited about that. And Patrick Roycey is maybe going to have some different things on his podcast. I know he. I sat down with Pat this morning. He had a bunch of ideas for things that might happen with him after September seventh. So the best we can say is that's Pat. We're we're having fun right now. I know there's big changes at fifteen hundred ESPN, and we're going to have plenty more to announce. But all of this is a large chunk of the reason why you and I aren't together in the studio for four hours a day at the same time. But our show is still Mackie and Judd from (laughs) nine to one. It's just more like Matthew and Judd. People are just a little bit and some Myron and Judd. So you're basically a
1: player coach right now, I
2: guess. I guess I'm to sportif- sort of that to sportify it. Who are some of the to sporty sportify it? I feel like player coaches. It has so Russell long. was one, right? Yep. Was was he for a while. I think yep. so. Yep. Wasn't Ty Cobb a player coach back? That in the sounds day? right. Yeah,
1: Joe Torre. Uh, Joe Torre was I want to say for the Mets, maybe for uh, for a tick in the '70s. Pete Rose when Pete Rose got yep. busted. Yep. Oh my God, he, that's he right. He had been he he came back to Cincinnati, got traded back I think, and then managed him and played for him. Yeah, I don't. Has there been a player? Manager in baseball since
2: Rose? I don't think so. There's certainly ha- so I I consciously remember following baseball as a diehard from about 1992 going forward, and at no point do I ever remember from 1992 going forward a player manager. So Pete Rose would have been out. What was it 1990? Well, or no? When did he end his career? Late 80s, mid-80s? Late 80s, Well, I think the I think he was investigated by the
1: by John Dowd in 89. Okay, that's, It was yeah. the late 80s for sure.
2: Hopefully, I don't get investigated. Oh,
1: you know as who is where, right now?
2: <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Oh, you're right. Well, but LeBron James. LeBron James has been for a long time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Butler, player, coach of the Wolves. Hey, Tibbs, I don't like this guy. Okay, I'll trade him. <laughs> Nothing I can do.
2: Yeah, you could argue that Kevin Garnett was a general manager player for a while. And yeah. Didn't work out for him on the, the GM front. Uh, enough with the let's cheap give a, Let's give some guys some money under the table. Uh, one other thing while we're on the subject and while we're clearing some things up again here. And if, if you want sort of a full breakdown of what happened with our show last Friday and what's happening at 1500 ESPN. You and I opened the show for like 15 minutes on Monday. Go find it on demand, Mackie and Judge show page. Um, one thing I want to make crystal clear here, just on behalf of Garage Logic and everybody here. So their last radio show on AM 1500 will be September 7th. On September 10th, the Monday after, the same place you would find their podcast, the same place you would find all of their on-demand stuff, Joe is still going to be doing a daily show. It'll just be, you have to find it on either GarageLogic.com or via podcast. Sure. Wherever you would find podcasts. Yep. So if you're, I think if you're of the mind that, Oh man, garage logic is, it's going away yeah. forever. um, It's not, it's just the way that you might. And a lot of people like you and I talked about this on Monday, a lot of people who maybe consume garage logic on demand already, It might not even be that different. It might be that the show dynamics are a little bit different, and and it might not be always five guys at once. But but Suge is still there, yeah, absolutely. Um, For you and I, we will have more in terms of what people can expect for us during football season. We will be on fifteen hundred ESPN. It might be that we're not in the same time slot. Mm -hmm. So, but again, like if you're someone who listens from nine to one, and man, if you guys move to a different time slot, I'm not going to be able to listen to you on demand. On demand. Which podcast, is the Apple case podcast. a lot right now? Yeah, for our show too. So I mean, I we know podcast a lot. You and I both like our listening habits for just our personal lives have changed over the past five years. I listen to so many more podcasts than I do radio now. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that I listen to radio. I, I listen to almost everything on demand, and so some of it's also retraining. I know that there's a lot of people who have never downloaded a podcast or wouldn't know where to start, and so I think it's probably up to us in this industry to yep. educate people too on that process and. Yep. you can go about it. And the best way, if you have an Apple smartphone, there's an app, a purple app on your phone that says podcasts. And it's super easy to go in there and search for whatever you want, or just Google. You can literally Google whatever the name of the show or the podcast is that you're searching for, whether it's something that we produce here or anything. And uh, in general, it'd be really easy to just click on the first link or or find something you like on that first page of a Google search. So that clears things up.
1: So people are no longer confused, hopefully about why you drop in for an hour (laughs) or
2: two. All right. All right. So we come back and do prop bets. Yeah, let's do that. All right. Mackie and Judd, we're hanging out TCL broadcast studios where we watch a 55 inch TCL 4k Roku TV every single day. Uh, I'll tell you what, that uh, PGA championship watching golf in crystal clear 4k definition. That's a whole nother experience all the colors that pop and uh, even like watching baseball games with the different nuances of stadiums, you just notice such a difference. So go into any major local retailer in the twin cities and go stare at a TCL TV and compare it to all the other ones. You're going to notice a difference and you're going to notice a difference with the built-in Roku device and all the access you get 4,000 plus streaming channels and 400,000 plus TV show episodes and movies it is your home for the most entertainment. There's a reason why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand. And we're talking about changing content consumption habits. There's all kinds of visual, digital streaming channels, and that's what TCL is trying to do, make it easier for you, the consumer, to watch everything. It's time for Prophets. Max puts together prop bets. Max. It's time for prop bets. Max does a good job with these prop bets, too. I you give do. him credit. The young man does a very nice job. Max, are you a degenerate gambler or something? Uh, What's wrong with you? I, I was
0: at a time, but I don't have any money now, so Oh, oh wait, okay. wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. You're far too
2: when were you a degenerate gambler? I, I would go to the casino a lot when I was like right when I was eighteen. Oh really? Yeah. Max and I have Max and I are way more similar than <laughs> so Max
0: and I, this, Max this is and I,
2: starting to explain a lot. Max and I both love Tiger Woods. Yep. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh, there's a couple other similar. Max and I both, you know, journalism school, University of Minnesota.
0: I don't know if we've discussed this, but I also have an extreme love for Notre Dame. Like Whoa! that's like that's where I wanted to go my whole life. Oh my gosh! Yeah.
2: Wait, what happened?
0: I'm not that smart. You
2: know what's funny? I mean, it's pretty much (laughs) the same for me. Do you (laughs) like like pro wrestling, wrestling Max,
3: or no? No, no. That's that's the one
2: difference. Oh, yeah, also, so Max went to Champlin Park High School. Yeah. I was born and raised in Champlin until I was nine years old, went to Oxbow Creek Elementary, and was about to go to Jackson Middle School, which is like, so Max, did you go to Oxbow Creek
0: Elementary? I actually went to a private school, but of course course you did. did. Way to go, Max. (laughs) You're my guy now. I live like eight blocks away from Oxbow. So, See what that's
1: amazing Wait now wait, I got one one last question before we get to prop bets. I, what happened to you going to the casino that you don't go now?
0: Uh well, Runday Aces, beautiful place up there. Okay. But uh I was more of a Canterbury guy for a while, but yeah, you know. But uh once you go to college you gotta you gotta how did your boy Oh, I thought
1: bit. you might have gotten help.
0: So running, no, run, <laughs> I
1: thought you might
2: have been. Running Aces, I played more at Canterbury because Running Aces didn't exist. Once mm-hmm. Running Aces opened up, they, can I say Running Aces, this is going to sound dumb, but I think they would like this. They have the most comfortable chairs at their yes. poker tables. Like you could sit and play poker and just blind an Annie off, just sitting in a comfortable chair eating their food. <laughs> it's amazing. It's an awesome place. Endorsement. Actually, Phil they, do, here they, for... they are part of our podcast network. There you go. Running We're Running Aces Chairs. Yep. Max, I got him in my house. You and I are going to have to uh, maybe put a put a Tiger Woods tournament on, gamble our lives away, and yeah. talk about Champlin. Great, <laughs> yeah, rehash the old memories. <laughs> so here are the uh, the Minnesota sports prop bets and over unders that Intermax put together. Let's start with this one: over or under two and a half wins for the Vikings through their first five games. So those first five games are tough. You've got Niners <laughs> and Garoppolo the in there. You've got. let me pull it up for you guys, all right? You've got, I think we've all said, if you can even get two wins out of that Mm -hmm. collection of five games at the beginning, then just get out of there two and three. I was going to say, this isn't easy. Hold on. It's San Francisco at home. It's Green Bay on the road. Yep. Buffalo at home. Rams and Eagles both on the road. Yep. Over or under? Two and a half wins. Ooh,
1: this is a good one. This is a good one. One, two.
2: I say
1: Over. I think they win the opener. It's not easy, but I think they win that one. I think they win certainly at home against Buffalo. And between Green Bay, the Rams, and Eagles, I don't know which one, but I think they win one of those. So I I put it at three, so I go
3: over by half a win. Okay. James? I'm going to say I'm definitely over. Definitely over two and a half, but I I think they might take four out of five. I, I just think... Wow, look at you right now. I just well I mean Where's
1: where's that purple Kool-Aid glass right by you, or is that
3: behind you right now? No, no, No. I mean I I don't drink during the show. But uh (laughs) Sure seems like you (laughs) do. I I just think I don't know. I think I think they're gonna I, I don't see any problems with San Francisco, Buffalo, Green Bay, Green I just don't like Green Bay this year. Something about they, they've had the, the preseason stuff. They they added stuff on they added young players on defense, but rookie corners traditionally aren't you know, they're not going to be able to stop Diggs and Thielen. And then they'll probably drop one of the two between the Rams and and, and, uh, and Philadelphia, but I don't see them dropping both. So I'm going to say four. Wow. Okay. What wow. about you, Max? Uh, I really want to say two, but uh,
0: I'll go three. I'll go three. You don't have to. No, I I think three. No pressure.
2: Three. I, okay, we're going to go queen uh, queen, it, queen sleep. Clean sweep. <laughs> we're going to go queen sleep for the over. <laughs> a clean sweep. I'm going, I, I had it at two. Um. I think they win the home games there. I think they beat the Niners and, and the Bills at home. And then I think they get one of those three road games for sure. So I'm going to say a three and two record. Yeah. So we're all taking the over. But that If you can just weather the storm through that tough stretch. Obviously, if you do what James is talking about, four and one. Oh, Yeah. That's a different story. Yeah. Um, All right. Who has more wins this upcoming season? We threw this out a couple months ago, but let's throw it out again here. Wolves or Lakers? Who has more regular season wins? I am going to go. I have
1: have such a feeling of trepidation about the the Wolves right now and all. I I know, I know, I know they should be good and we can, but the Butler stuff and the town stuff is weird and, and, and Wiggins as a lost cause has almost been forgotten because of all the Butler town stuff. And I don't know what page Tibbs is on and you and the Lakers still have one guy. They got LeBron. I'm going to go Lakers. It's probably close. And I hate to say it because it shouldn't be the case, Yeah. but I have, I have more faith in a team, no matter what the supporting cast is like, I have more faith in a team that I know is based around a player like LeBron James than I do around all the question marks that the Wolves have.
3: James, I would say, well, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. How Vegas has the Lakers four games ahead of the Wolves um, for for over under. I I agree with them. I think the Lakers are going to win more games than the Timberwolves. I don't think the Wolves are going to train wreck, but I I think it's they're gonna they're gonna be seven eight seed, and I don't see the Lakers being that low. I not with. Not with LeBron doing all he can to keep them relevant, and their supporting cast. While we talked about is is kind of a bunch of clowns, they're not all terrible, and you still have those young players. I, I think the Lakers will be will have more wins than the Wolves this year. Yeah,
0: Max Maxwell Kuz was really good. Brandon Ingram was really good. I think those two players don't get any talk, which I think they should. Yeah, and uh, they're going to be better with LeBron. Yeah, and obviously you have LeBron, but yeah, I, I think it's the Lakers. Oh, man. If we if we knew
2: for sure that some kind of a come-to-Jesus meeting had taken place between Tom Thibodeau and Jimmy Butler and Kat, and those guys were kumbaya, I'd say the Wolves. Because they've got two of the best 15 players in the NBA. LeBron James can pretty much walk into any NBA franchise and put them on the map as a 50-win team. So I feel like the Lakers are almost a guaranteed 50-win team because you're adding the best player in the world to them. And I would say if the Wolves had healthy Jimmy Butler and Cat on the same page all year, they would also be a guaranteed 50-win team. But you can't say that. So I'm going to say Lakers. I'm going to say Lakers. We're on the same page on both these so far. Yeah. All of us. Wow. Yeah. But doesn't it just feel like... Yeah. Either, you know, but Butler misses time all the... Uh, Butler never plays full season, so you have to account for him missing at least 10 or 15 games, right? Yep. Yeah. Cat hasn't signed his max extension. Yep. You, you can't say with confidence, yep, okay, they're going to take... What they built on last year, and they're gonna go a step forward this. You can't say that with confidence. You can with the Lakers.
1: I told Myron yesterday, here's the problem, in my opinion. The We should be talking about Wiggy, right? We should be saying if Andrew Wiggins, like Butler and Cat, should be assumptions that they're gonna to play together and be yeah, good. They should be sure. And so, things, yeah. so the offseason focus is: does Andrew take a step? Does he begin to get it? We don't even talk about him now. Yeah. He's he's forgotten about. Because the concern lies w- with your two-star players who you don't even know if, if they're going to be talking to each other come training camp.
2: Yeah. That's, that's that, what though, scares things me about are great. this team. Things are great other than that. At Square <laughs> Next question! Prop bets! <laughs> right. Here is the next question. Yeah, so Intermax's Max's prop bets. bets. <laughs> Lindsay Whalen was on this show yesterday, just an hour after she announced that start starts me in her retirement. Go find that on demand. 15 uh, hour two, two, 2 days ago. Monday, yeah. The week's flying by. That was on Monday. Over or under 24 and a half wins for the Gopher women's team this upcoming year. For reference, they had 24 wins last year. So the question is basically, will they be better, even though they lost Carly Wagner, will they be better with Lindsey Whalen at the helm? I'm going to say yes. I think there's going to be an energy. Kenesha Bell might have been their best player last year. Kanisha Bell was a 20 points per game uh, score. She dishes out a bunch of assists and rebounds. So I think Lindsey brings in another level of coaching, cohesion, and they go up above and beyond. They go to the NCAA tournament with uh, a better seed. Judley? I am going to agree. They, with the season that the Lynx
1: are coming off now, which has been disappointing. It's been incredibly up and down. Uh, Lindsay Whalen has the gift of winning games, whether it's coaching I, I think certainly as a player and I think given what has transpired with the Lynx, she is going to come in there uh, super motivated and I think the team is going to love playing for her uh, so I, it might not be a lot more, but I'm going to say that they do win more than 24 and a half games
3: I have I have no idea how how the Big Ten stacks up. So I'm kind of going in blind here. But I, I agree with I agree with what Judd said. I think and, and you too, Phil. I, I think they that she brings an element of of winning basketball. And I, I think that that a lot of the the athletes on the team, they know Lindsay. They they they're gonna play for her. And that's something that's not quantifiable but the gophers this gophers team is pretty good and it's been decent for the last couple years i i think i think 24 i I would say over i i think she can get the most out of them that any coach would be able to max uh
0: i i think it's under I, i don't think it's under by a lot but i think it's under uh Listen, just because you lost your ass gambling when you were 18
2: years old doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean
0: that everything has to be removed. Well, they they kind of like went on a hot streak at the end of last year. That kind of got them to 24 wins. That probably won't happen again. I
2: don't think they were as well coached last year as they will be yeah. this year, though. That's true. How could you say that about a woman who came on our show at the State Fair three years in a row? It brought energy. What type of energy Marlene? was that that she brought? Hey, guys, <laughs> she what's was very up? Nice. She was very she's nice. She's a very nice person.
1: She's a very nice
2: person. I don't think I think I just
1: think they'll be better coached now. I
2: think when she went back to the athletic department and said, "Hey, I got another job offer," I don't think they were like, "Oh my god!" Like, can Mark we double you? They, Mark like, okay. Coyle said, and the boxes are in that corner, Marlene. <laughs> I got some ideas. Uh, one more quick one here: over/unders and prop bets. Over or under .5 games played for Joe Mauer in the playoffs this year? Oh, I love it! I love it! It's under. He's not, he's not going anywhere. He's not
1: going anywhere. The Yankees have probably called, and it's uh you know. And the Twins said, "Yeah, we'd be happy to do it, and we only want like a uh, Class A prospect." And but this is, and they called Joe at home, and, and Joe said hello, and they said, "Joe, we got the opportunity of a lifetime for you. You're going to finally go to the playoffs with the New York bleeping Yankees and play some first base." No thanks, and he hung up. Thanks. So oh, no, it's That's under. Thanks, thanks, Joe. Good talk. It's under. Yeah, yeah. Great talking to
3: you, Joe, uh, James. Now, Judd, you brought up. You know, I, I I agree with you. I I think even if the Twins were shopping him, and they did, I, I think he made it through waivers a he couple did. days ago. He's yeah, cleared waivers. So so they're obviously that's something they're thinking of. I don't think he'd ever. I don't think he'd waive his no trade to go anywhere. I just think that's that's Joe Mauer. But I, I do want you to know that that I was talking to Irvin Santana and he wants you to know there's only they're only 12 and a half games back of the Indians yeah that's oh it and so God. he could play yeah. a playoff game yeah. with the Twins did you guys talk about that this week we, we talked about yesterday. it on Saturday Good Co- God. Collar and
1: I actually fought about it on on Saturday because he tried to defend Irv
2: no Collar don't t- and, <laughs> you don't, you don't ha- and then we fought this about it again take, a couple days okay? ago Irv, first of all Irv buddy okay you've missed now that's in your four-year contract, <laughs> don't get me started now. Yeah, I was going to say, you're just going to go down the same path <laughs> You've missed a full season. One, because you got popped for steroids yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah, you flat and out then, cheated. And then, and then the second time because, oh, my finger still hurts, even though it's been the off-season for three months now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, maybe get the surgery in, like, October if yep. your finger hurts. Yeah. And so here he comes, like, oh, I'm going to come back, and, oh, what happened to all my friends in the clubhouse? Well, they gave up on the season. No, dude, you've been literally in the trainer's room for three months. Go away! Yeah, sorry. It was okay. very annoying. It's uh, it's under for Joe Maurer. He ain't gonna waive it. I don't think he's gonna waive no, it. No, yeah,
0: Max. No, yeah, he he's not gonna play for the. A- he, he should waive it. He should. He, wave oh, he yeah. should. He should. He, wave should it. he should go. He should. And I'm Absolutely. sick of
1: hearing from people who are like, oh, "You can't do that to
0: Joe." He's so boring, though.
1: The ah. other
2: thing too that people like you and I were talking before the show, people because Judd wrote about this for our website and people saying, "Dude, give it up. Why are you writing about this? It's never gonna happen." First of all. The bar for what we talk about and write about has nothing to do with whether it will happen or not. It's whether it should happen or not. Correct. And it should happen. I don't know why he would want to sit around for a month and a half with this death march. You know, we can ask Dan Hayes more about this. He's the first one that brought this up to us like probably a month and a half ago. And I think we pounced on it. Yes, I think that's safe to say. Dan Hayes from The Athletic on Twins, Mackie and
0: Judd in the TCL Broadcast Studios. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackey. You know, the one thing that sets Phil apart is Phil's been really good for the game and he takes time out for people and Judd Zolgad.
2: One of the most well-respected esteemed journalists, guy
0: seems to break news before you even knew there was something to break. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Mackey and Judd are talking twins. Now, with a man who's in the clubhouse covering the team every day, beat writer for the Athletic, Dan Hayes. Deep to right field. Very deep run. to right field. And call A home run. They drove him in. Home run number nine for Miguel Sano. Hmm.
2: All right, Dan Hayes from The Athletic. Go find his Twins coverage and subscribe to TheAthletic.com. Uh, actually, you know, we might as well bring this up because... We haven't had you on since Irvin Santana threw the front office under the bus. There seems to be a culture of throwing the front office under the bus for a team that has a lot of player baggage that it should probably be worried about first.
4: It's definitely a clubhouse right now that it's such a strange feel to it. And I know, I think some of the veteran guys are disappointed that the team doesn't have its best players here. And you can understand that, but honestly, I... You just look at it from the long-term view. I mean, if Irvin Santana was healthy at the start of the year, it's a different story. If, if Sonneau here all year, it's a different story. If Brian Buckson. So I get, I get the sentiment and the disappointment and the frustration, but I mean, it's just players, you know, not seeing the big picture the right way. When you have less than a 5% chance of, of catching a team that just added Brad Hand and, and, uh, Simber, um, you know, right there at the deadline and, there's 60 games to go. You know, you sometimes you just I, – I like playing cards, and, and when you have a bad hand, it's time to kind of put it away. If you have Sano, and you know what you have out of Miguel Sano coming into the deadline – I was just talking to, to Addison Reed about this about 10 minutes ago – and you have uh, Byron Buxton in your lineup and healthy, I, I think that you have a sense that, you know, things are still there and doable. But when you're seven out at that point or whatever it was and, and not – with a bunch of your key guys, you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me they pulled the plug. And, and so you're going to get some disappointment and frustration kind of roll out from it.
1: And Dan, in some ways though, what Irv said, I, I like in this sense, it articulates exactly what I want to clean up about this team. I want next time things go wrong here. And that could be in a game that could be in a stretch of a month. It could be a season. I want my players to say, this is on us too. And really, this team doesn't and didn't have that. I mean, from Dozier, even last year to this year to Santana, I want to put together a culture and a clubhouse where, where responsibility is, if, if not accepted, at least shared. And so Irvin saying that to me, I don't like it and don't agree, but it's, it's exactly, but if I'm, if I'm Falveen, it's exactly what I want to clean up, which, which is next time things go wrong, I want the strength of a clubhouse to say, we're looking at ourselves, too, not just uh, Falvey and, uh, and uh, Thad.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I think that was a circumstance of you had so many guys who knew they were in their last year with this team. Um, I, You know, they probably did had more of those guys on the roster than they wanted to. Uh, they've even made comments, you know, kind of off the cuff just, talking about that and saying, you know, having five or six guys in that position, it's a little different. And and so I, they may they may have learned something themselves from that. And that'll be interesting to kind of hear as they construct their roster this off offseason, um, if that kind of changes how they do it. And, and instead of having, you know, free agents that come in on these great deals, maybe you take advantage of those deals and lock guys up for a couple of years instead.
2: What would you say, now that Byron Buxton is making another run at this thing, what are expectations for him? What are I, let me ask it in two ways. What are your personal expectations for him now that now that you look look at kind of what's happened these last four years? What are your long term expectations for him, and what do you think the organizations are at this
4: point? I, I still think that you've got an outstanding defensive player, and I think we've seen it with Jackie Bradley Jr. in Boston. He hasn't lived up to the offensive hype, but when you have that kind of glove and it's a game changing glove that makes your pitchers feel comfortable and changes um as as one teammate said it's like you have four outfielders when he's out there I, I think you no matter what you always have room for that um as far as what he can bring I mean this year has definitely been a year of setbacks and and it's so strange it started with a foul ball off of the foot and, and it, it just kind of you know it was the, the migraines got him to that point and um, the foul ball off the foot, it's just been a downward spiral since that point. But uh, honestly, if uh, if he shows even he's hitting 200 the next two weeks or however long they want to keep him, I, he's here in September. And, like In my mind, no doubt, and, and you bring him back and you have to see what he can give you the next month. You can't have this last couple months. You can't just have it be an entirely lost year. He needs to come back and get on the field. And I know there's a service time kind of issue. But honestly, when when you're moving forward with him, you absolutely need to give him a chance to get back here and and get a good taste out of what's been a horrible season for him. I mean, he's just had so many steps back and where it's just frustration and health. Um, You know, he played through the the foot injury and it didn't do him any favors. And then he hurts the wrist and he hurts it again. And you just got to get him here and and give him a chance to kind of be back and just remember what it's like to be a major leaguer so uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see and and hopefully for his sake he he stays healthy here because he's a critical part of this going forward and we're seeing you know with Miguel Sano how important it is for planning for the future how important it is for him to be here and and I think that that's absolutely critical with Buxton for the 2019 plans to see what what he might be able to give you.
1: On Miguel, uh, on a scale of one to 10, uh, Dan, what's your, what's your sense of, of where, of how much the light has gone off? I mean, he's definitely trimmed down. The stint, the stint that they sent him to, uh, for three months or so, I think is paying off now. But do you, do you sense that, that he gets it now? Because to me, the, the most important thing is going to be, okay, the season's done. You've got to keep this up, not that the season's done. You had a decent finish to it. And now you're going to go home and sit down at the table and start eating.
4: I, I definitely think that there's the light is gone on because I think he knows what he felt like earlier in the season and what he feels like now and he knows he's more productive. You know, we're coming not that necessarily he, he wants to, but we're coming and talking to him more often because he's doing stuff in games, you know, and and it's on both ends of the ball. I mean, he's he's making some really nice defensive plays. He has that athleticism back that you always know he possesses despite being a a big guy um you know i mean he's always been a guy that can make a the impressive play coming in from third and the the hard throw and stunning some of the fastest runners in game with with making that play um and and i I think when you go through what he went through and having to sit out the entire off season and catch up um you know and and then just try to go from there obviously it was. uh, it wasn't working, and and he knew it. I mean, this is a guy that was an all-star, and there's definitely some pride there that, hey, where where did this go? And I think that, you know, answering questions about it all the time got to him, and now, you know, I'm sure he's getting tired of questions about, hey, how great do you feel? Because, you know, it, it, it's night and day from what he was able to do at the start of the season, and, and it's mostly, I think, in the takes and the swings and misses, the lack of swings and misses we're seeing. Um, he just... You know, looked out of it in uh, before the, he was sent down in June and, and missing stuff by with wild swings. And you're just not seeing that now. And and the power is starting to come back. And, and honestly, I think that if you put together the approach he has, the power is going to be there. Uh, we saw last night how easy that was to pull one off the face of the, the right field uh, second deck. and you know, that's something that he has that not many people in this organization can produce. Yeah,
2: Dan Hayes, our weekly contributor here from The Athletic, Mackie and Judd. You can subscribe and find his twins writing on com. So Judd and I have talked so much all season long about the pitching pipeline, and we've gone through, you know, from Fernando Romero before the season down to Steven Gonsalves and all these different names. And I don't think at any point on this show in the last calendar year we've mentioned the name Cole Stewart, even though that dude... Was the number four overall pick a handful of years ago out of high school, and he makes his major league debut. He hasn't been very good in the minor leagues the last couple years, but he did make his major league debut. He was the number four overall pick. So, what were your impressions, and what do people think about him?
4: Uh, You know, I'm not going to lie here. I was uh, traveling when he made his start, so I did not see it. Um, And but I'll I'll say this: it was a surprising uh, call up, and and you. I, I think that it's kind of them trying to say, look, we're going to take a look at what we have because it is somebody we invested heavily in and you can't just let that go, especially when you're so close to the majors. Um, I, so I, you, in, in that regard, you got to kind of think that that was a good move for them to just kind of take a look because you don't want a guy to get away from you it, without having given them a look. And sometimes the light even clicks on even more so when you get to the majors. Um, It's funny, uh, when I covered the White Sox, Trace Thompson was a guy that lingered in the minors forever, and and his career has not gone well uh, since, but the first year he came up, he had been in the minors for six years, and he came in, and and he looked like he could be a very good contributor. I mean, hitting lefties well with power, could play all the outfield positions, and, and his back injuries have slowed him down over the years, and it's caught up with him, and it hasn't worked out, but by going to the majors it brought something more out of his game. And I think that giving Stewart a little bit of a, a runway here just to see what he has, um, is, is not a bad plan just because he's a guy that you would have to make a decision on after this year. And when we've seen with some of their six year free agents, what's happened and, you know, Derek Rodriguez comes to mind and, uh, Nico Goodrum, um, guys that have gotten away and, and proven that they can perform at the major league level a little bit. And so, uh, to Stewart, it was surprising at first, and, and it's going to be kind of interesting to see what he can do the rest of the way here.
1: So, Dan, a few months ago on this uh, on this show, we, we were talking about various trade targets potentially from the Twins, and you just happened to mention the name Joe Maurer at that time. And Phil and I both perked up. Well, then yesterday, from the uh, Twitter account of ESPN baseball reporter extraordinaire Buster Only, we saw this tweet. It'll be interesting to see if the Yankees target someone who can play first base over the next 17 days before the August 31st deadline to add postseason eligible players. Greg Bird had two hits Saturday, but he's batting 146 this month and has been streaky in his career. Do you see any chance that a phone call is at least made or talks are had to get Joe the opportunity to get that ring he so richly deserves in a 15-year career?
4: I mean, I think that the call might be made from the Yankees' end. I don't know that and I think that the Twins will answer, but, you know, I, I, he doesn't seem like a New York guy to me. I mean, honestly, he just doesn't, it doesn't fit his personality, even though he is that, you know, he is, he'd be really good in that lineup and he'd be really good with, with that uniform on and hitting with that short porch. He, you know, it, it just seems like a natural fit, but I just don't see him doing it. And, and I think that's where it ends because he's got all the power in this and, I think he wants to stay here the entire way. I think he wants to be back next year. Um, and, they, uh, you know, I. when you look at what – I think we've talked about this before, but when you look at what they took away from this team, they took away rental players, with the exception of Ryan Presley. Everybody else was going to be out of here at the end of the year or, or had the possibility of being out of here at the end of the year. And going forward, they, they still have all the key pieces. There's not a ton of vacancies. Uh, second base, what do you do with Joe's Spotted? at first base DH, what do you do with Lomo and and his spot? But, you know, you've got Castro back, you've got your entire outfield back, you got your left side of your infield back. Um, a lot of your rotation's settled. Uh, like, you know, going forward, you think that this team is still thinking that next year is a possibility, and certainly the year after. And I think that that probably plays into his thinking. And it wouldn't surprise me if he wants to be back, and I just don't think he wants to leave. And so yeah, I mean, if I'm the Yankees, of course I call. I'd love to add Joe Mauer to the top of my lineup and add a patient hitter like that in between all those sluggers, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah,
2: great stuff, Dan. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dan. Uh, all
4: right, guys. Sorry to be a buzzkill on that one. <laughs> no, <laughs> wait. You no. started it, it's, so it's not a buzzkill at all. It's
2: not shocking. <laughs> <laughs> see ya, see ya, Dan. All right, all right, Dan Hayes from the Athletic. No, I mean, we all agree. I mean, yeah, it is. But that's but everyone keeps saying.
1: It- if if you're not if you're not just a Joe fan, right? Like if you if if you think about it, take take a step back. Dan said it. It'd be a really good idea. Now here's I've got one thing. Let's come back. Because this whole notion that he would be a Yankee is ridiculous. Let's come back and debunk that.
0: Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. That's the worst idea you've ever had. You've had some bad ideas. That's the (laughs) worst one. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN.
3: The great Minnesota get-together is almost here. While you're making your state fair plans, be sure to add 1500 ESPN to your list. Swing by our booth at the corner of Dan Patch and Chambers to watch your favorite shows broadcast live from the front porch. And check out the new merchandise in the pro shop more details can be found at 1500 espn.com deep to right field
0: very deep to right field and call a home run
4: they drove him
0: in home run number nine for miguel sano so, All right, so your Joe.
1: Yeah, so so part of the pushback that I have been get, getting since I've jumped on the bandwagon of trying to get Joe as well deserved a ring, and by the way, I'm giving, not taking. I'm giving to Joe here, is that well, he's not going to want to go to New York to play, which is what Dan Hayes said. All right, but I want you to think about this. Look at the pull up your Yankee schedule right now. I did this yesterday. I did this exercise. Joe Mauer's in the last year of his contract. Whether Joe Maurer returns here or not really has very little to do with if he is moved to the Yankees for the remainder of the season. Because yeah. if they all agree he's going to come back in 2019, guess what? He flies back here, signs a contract, and plays for the Twins in 2019. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing to keep in mind is if you pull up your Yankee schedule, you will see that their season ends in early October, I believe. And I believe the World Series this year, if I'm not mistaken, the latest that can go is the 31st of October. So basically he would go play for this team for two months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you're not a Yankee and you're not stuck in this, this notion that he can't go that my God, poor Joe, you can't put that, that tepid sort of frightened of life human being in the big apple. It's unfair. It's a two month stint to go win a World Series title. And, yeah, and, I'm with you. and the New York Post ain't going to be knocking on Joe's door. Like it's not like Joe's gonna end up on the back page. Joe has no desire to live that life, and I get that. Yeah. But worst case scenario or best case, you get a penthouse for two months, right? Your wife's pregnant, you got the two kids. They all go on what I like to call an adventure. Sure. Hey, girls, we're going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. And daddy's got a chance to win a ring. Like this this notion that he's somehow going to be a New York, it's completely miscast. So,
2: and, and another thing that you mentioned, too, that and Dan Hayes said, I just don't see him. He's not a Yankee. He's not a New York guy. And I'm with you. In the short term, whether he's a New York guy or not doesn't matter. Um, th- but this other side that, well, the, if the the media is going to eat him alive. Okay, it's only two months, maybe two and a half months, depending on how far they go. And if you've made two hundred million dollars in your life and you got a family that you love, and you got as many houses and things, you've you're very secure in yourself, why the bleat does it matter what media and fans in New York think of you? Doesn't you're, you're just there to swing at pitches and try to win a World Series ring? I don't want to put that on Joe because I don't I think if you were to ask Joe, how would you feel if maybe you didn't perform so well in New York if you were there and and they, and the media teed off on you a little bit? I think he'd say whatever. Like, I, I, honestly, I don't think that guy reads newspapers. I don't think he listens to radio. There's been a couple times where I know that we've been on runs of in the last four years, just absolutely hammering him in a fair way for his performance on the field. And I'll run into him at like Twins Fest. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Yep. And I'm like, oh, he's oblivious uh, to it. You didn't hear me criticize you last nope. week. So, and you're right, he doesn't. I don't read. think he would pick up the New York Post. I don't think it would matter. I don't think it should matter. And let's say he wasn't performing well. He would be about the eighth guy that you would go down a list of. The, yes. the guys that you would criticize in New York, starting at the top, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge. That's the thing. Luis Severino. He wouldn't, right? be,
1: he wouldn't be a linchpin here. He could help, but he wouldn't be the key guy. Yeah. And so that's where this whole thing is. If this was 2005 and, and he was traded at the deadline itself, the normal deadline, and he went there and flopped, I get it the pulse would destroy him and the daily news would too. But he's at a point in his life now and his career where he would go there to basically be a gold glove caliber first baseman, right? And hit a little bit. But you're right. If if the Yankees get eliminated from the playoffs, it's not going to be Mauer flops, costs, Yankees, it's going to be about five guys first.
2: Yes. This actually makes... This 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 is why this makes so much sense. It's all about perception and expectations. You're right. If it was, this is our big move at the July 31st trade deadline, this guy better perform, and there's been instances where that just doesn't happen. In fact, when the the year the Royals won the World Series, if the story had been written about Johnny Cueto for the two months of, of regular season rental, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. But then he came in in the postseason and was absolutely amazing. So if the Royals had busted out in the first round of the playoffs, and you looked at two months of Johnny Cueto rental, you would have said, oh man, that was your big trade deadline acquisition, and this guy had a five and a half ERA. But this would be an under the radar, late mid-late August move with a roster that's already mostly playoff ready and stacked, and he would fit in. Maybe he'd hit number two in your order, but he might even hit like number eight in your order, and you just have an on-base, excuse me, defensive first baseman who might even platoon with Greg Bird. Right. yeah, we're kind of shadow boxing here with this is a this is a straw man argument because we all agree he ain't gonna waive the no move. There's zero chance he would even if the Yankees said, you know what, we'd love we'll some of that salary. We just want someone a little more reliable defensively and someone who can get on base to keep the chains moving. I I still think he'd say, man.
1: It's a little bit frustrating to me though, because the reasoning is so damn solid. Mm-hmm. Like if you could shoot down three things I've said and be like, nah, Jed, this don't this does does not make sense. But there's no nobody so far has given uh, other than you can't do that, which I hate, I hate you can't do that. But besides, you can't do that to him. If you could sit, if you could sit him down, you have a potential for a PowerPoint presentation to Joe and his family
2: that this is a great idea. Would it be a PowerPoint? I'd have a PowerPoint slideshow. It's with, a it's
1: an adventure for the kids. Do clip you know art,
2: what, would there be clip art? Do you know what the girls? No, it'd be an overhead projector. Do,
1: yeah. You, yeah. do you know what the the girls? You could get them there. You could take them to Broadway. I mean, if those kids would come back and be like, Daddy took us on the greatest adventure of all time. Daddy
3: know. of the year. Hamilton's at the Orpheum for a couple of weeks here. You could just stay here and watch some of these plays. Do you think <laughs> that the reason Joe <laughs> wouldn't waive the no trade has more to do with the fact that he wants to be known as a twin for life, like he was never anything else or that you legitimately just don't think he wants to leave?
2: I think it has more to do with the first notion yeah. that he's been a Minnesotan for life. He can see the end of his career why, in his mind, why would you break this string of playing baseball for Minnesota teams throughout your entire life for two months to go chase something that you might not have a great, you know, there's all these other great teams. So I, personally, I I would say I'm going to go get a ring and then maybe come back and retire with the Twins. Because I want to win,
1: because I'd like
3: to win. Yeah, I don't think anyone would blame him outside of a small minority. I was just going to say that. I don't think anyone would look at it. No, in any way, but uh, a positive for Joe, and and that's that's what Judd has been saying the whole time. Is it's 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 meant to be good for Joe, not shipping Joe off.
2: Yes, Mackie and Judd Murph is producing for us for the foreseeable future here, uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. Let's dive into a hypothetical NFL question here when we come back.
0: Don't go anywhere. Assume the position. More Mackie and Judd coming up next on 1500 ESPN.